Whoops. You stumbled into that leadership position. You had a big vision, big ideas, but it hasn't gone quite as you planned. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Accidental Leader Podcast with your accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Welcome in to this very first episode of the Accidental Leader Podcast. My name is Bo McDonald. I'm your host, and I, like you, am an accidental leader. Now, this being the very first episode, I want to do a little housekeeping. What can you expect from this podcast? If you're tuning in, I want to be respectful of your time. So I want to let you know what can you expect in this episode and future episodes of this brand new podcast. First, we're not going to be interviewing big names like John Maxwell and Guy Kawasaki and Tim Ferriss. They're all over the internet. They're great guys. You can learn a lot from them. But that's not what this podcast is for. The Accidental Leader Podcast is going to feature my stories, the stories of other accidental leaders, our leadership journey, our major failures, which now we can look back on and, and, and laugh at. We probably couldn't when we were going through them, but also what we've learned from them. If you're an accidental leader, you stumbled into this journey without a handbook, without really knowing what you're doing. You've been good at your craft, but now you're in charge of people. You're in charge of a business. And that's some scary stuff. So I want to share my stories and I want to invite other people onto this podcast to share their stories so that you can learn from our failures and just be a better leader. So first, what is an accidental leader? We need to define that. What in the world is that? We're going to share that with you coming up next, plus one of my very first leadership stories. It's coming up next on the Accidental Leader Podcast. Stay right there. Three, two, one. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com. Courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company and Uncommon. And we're back on the Accidental Leader Podcast. I'm Bo McDonald. Thanks so much for tuning into this very first episode. So what is an accidental leader? I told you I was going to define that. Let's do it because it's kind of a weird term. Maybe you wanted to be a lawyer, a plumber, a teacher, whatever you wanted to be when you were growing up. You wanted to be that thing. There was a craft that you loved and you knew how to do it or you know how to do it well. But now all of a sudden, you've opened a business or you're in charge of people. You're leading a company which means you've got people behind you. And how did you learn to lead? There's no instruction manual for it. You've learned to lead from your root system. And what is a root system? It's just as it sounds. You see the plant, but not really what makes it grow underneath. Those roots and, and what is fed into those roots are either going to make that plant live or die. And the same thing for you as a leader. You've got a root system and those things that have been poured into you over the years from grandparents, from parents, from other teachers, from previous leaders. That is what's poured into your root system. And that's going to decide whether you, you succeed or fail as a leader. Because as an accidental leader, you're only following those things that you've learned and picked up on over the years. That root system, it's how you make decisions. It's how you communicate. It's how you lead. It's all based on what's been poured into you from your past experiences. Now, there can be good and bad 
in there. And I'm not here to, to down your family or, or teachers or people you've looked up to, but they just like you are accidental leaders too. They didn't know how to be parents. They didn't know how to be leaders. They were just doing what they've been taught. And that could be good or bad. And it's really what decides what some leaders are, are tyrants or what makes other leaders ooze empathy and just really good people. Why do some leaders thrive on taking risks while others stay frozen in fear. My leadership journey is just an example of how I led people. There were two Johns in my life when I was growing up and into the working world. The Johns really defined me as a leader, a good leader and a bad leader. Like, like one on each shoulder was like the good John and the bad John, like the, the angel and the devil, both, both on a shoulder, both giving me advice. And, and I had to decide which one of these Johns do I take advice from without even realizing that I had to make that decision. Say 20 years ago, when I, when I became a leader, I was just doing what I thought was right. So I want to share one of my first leadership stories. I'm excited to have some guests on this podcast to share theirs on this very first episode. I want to share my story of one of the Johns and how they poured into me as an accidental leader. So when I was growing up, I wanted to be a radio DJ. And, and I realized that from a young age, by the time I was a junior in high school, I'd realized that dream. John Davison had hired me as a intern, basically the radio station. I thought I was going to be on the air doing all this cool stuff. Not so much. I was in the back room doing data entry. Not quite what I had envisioned when John said, you're hired. But there I was. And, and I did it religiously every night. I went into that radio station right after school and I started doing data entry. And when I was done, I would go into the studio and I would sit with Rita Kelly. She was the nighttime DJ on WHWK up in Binghamton, New York, the, the number one country station, the number one station in the market. And there was this one night that, that Rita had called in sick. And John came to me, the program director, and said, hey, you've been watching Rita, right? Yes, of course, sir. Can you fill in for her tonight? And at first I was excited. This is great. I get to be a radio DJ. And then fear paralyzed me. Wait a minute. I've been watching her, but I've never done this. There's tens of thousands of people listening to me. And I was scared, but I did it. And somewhere the tape of my very first episode exists, but I promise you no one will ever hear it. It's locked away. Anyway, that was my experience getting into radio. I ended up moving to a different market, Elmira, New York, and I wanted to try something different. I saw what the salespeople were driving, and I saw what I was driving as an on-air radio DJ, and I knew that they were making a little more than me. So I wanted to try my hand at sales. So I moved to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and at WMTZ, it was a clear channel station. It's now iHeartRadio. I got into the sales world in radio just to give it a shot. And my very first general manager, who was in charge of the sales team at that time, his name was Ron Kite. Good old Southern gentleman. I have no idea how he made it up near Pittsburgh, but he was a good old Southern boy. Great guy to work for. But I only knew him for about two weeks before I went out on one of my first sales calls, two weeks into this adventure. And I left that morning and I came back. And as I walk into the studio, as I walk into the radio station to the left is Ron's office, except Ron wasn't in there. There was another older gentleman there. I, I distinctly remember this. There was a playpen with two chihuahuas in it. And I just glanced and he glanced and he puts his head back down and starts working. So I walk by and I walk up to my sales manager, Stephanie. And I'm like, Stephanie, who's this older guy in here? Where did Ron go? 
Ron got fired that morning. Clear Channel came in and cleaned house, and they brought in a new general manager. That is who was in that office with the two chihuahuas in a playpen, straight from San Diego, California, our new general manager. How he got from San Diego to little old Johnstown, Pennsylvania, I have no idea. But that was the start of my first story of one of my Johns. This John, and because I, I'm not painting him in a great light, won't use his last name, but he was John. And we squabbled. I was fearful of him. He was a, a very powerful man. As, as I learned and started growing in my leadership journey, I realized and looked back just how toxic that John was. And it all came to a head one day when I'd been working on this deal with a, a car dealer in Pittsburgh to get him on the air. He hadn't been on the air with us in at least 10 years. And that was one of my goals. I wanted, I wanted him to get this guy. That was what I was chasing. And all of a sudden, I get a contract for about 10 grand to get this car dealer on the air for one month. Biggest deal I'd ever made. And it was an even bigger deal because this guy had not done business with us in 10 years. So I was so damn proud of myself. So I took the, the sales form in and I had Stephanie, my, my sales manager, sign off on it. I take it into John's office because he's got to sign off on it too. I put it in front of him. I'm, I'm all excited. I'm waiting for the praise. And he looks at me and says, this wasn't on your pending report. Meaning every week we sat with John and went over the deals we were working, how much they were worth. And I didn't put the car dealer on there because I, I didn't think he was going to sign. But John was all upset that he's got to turn in these pending reports to corporate at Clear Channel. And this was going to mess up his pending report. We're $10,000 over, which to me, I thought would be a good thing. You're bringing in $10,000 more than you said, but he was insistent that it was going to mess up his pending reports. And, and this was horrible. And how could I do this? I'm defeated. Here I am thinking, I've done a great thing. I've just signed this $10,000 deal, a big deal at that time for a client who hasn't been on the air in 10 years. I put my head down. I take this and I go back into Stephanie my direct sales manager. And I share the story of what had just happened. I put this in front of John for him to sign off on. And he raked me over the coals for, for not putting this on my pending report and how much this was going to screw things up for him. And she said, here's a cancellation order. I want you to fill this out. Take it to John with that sales order. Ask him to write the cancellation order so you can take it back to that car dealer and tell him we can't accept his business because it's going to mess up the pending reports. So I did. And let me tell you, I was scared. I was scared shitless at that point because here I am, this $10,000 deal. I was a commissioned salesperson and I'm, I'm going to turn in this cancellation order and get rid of this 10 grand. How am I going to put food on my table? What am I going to do after this guy that I've been working with for many, many weeks to try to get him on the air? Now I have to say, we can't accept your business. So I take this cancellation order into John. He says, what is this? I say, it's a cancellation order, sir. I don't want to mess up your pending reports. I'm, I'm going to let Jeff know that we can't accept his, his business at this time because it's going to mess up our pending reports. And John looked at me and said, no. He ripped up the cancellation report, signed the sales order, and said, good job. Go do it again. You're going to make it in this world. And I was all proud of myself. This man who did not give praise, who was one of the saltiest people I'd ever met, I just got a compliment from him. And it was at that point I realized this is a game to him. This is a game to John. Leadership is a game. And he's got this toxic thing in him that, that he, he's going to play you. And 
and you've got to play his game. Otherwise, you're just not going to make it in this world. And that is how I started leading. Fast forward to 2002, when I opened my first agency and started hiring people for this new business I had opened. I looked at what John had done to me, and he had really helped me grow. I thrived under him because I realized what the game was, and I played it well. And I thought, that's how you grow people. So when I first hired people, I became that John, that leader. And I started playing games, grow the people, earn the respect. I was hated. And I realized people weren't growing. Well, they were growing. They were just growing resentful, but they weren't really growing as people. They weren't growing as leaders. And I didn't understand. I was just being the leader that I thought I had to be. So why is that? Why weren't people growing? If I could grow under this, why couldn't I beat people into the ground and have them grow too? And it just didn't work. Fast forward about 10 years from that. And I realized that was probably the wrong way to approach people. That not everyone could play the game, that not everyone wanted to play the game. And to most, it was very toxic and hurt them more than it helped them. So I was determined at that point, I'm going to become a good leader. I'm going to grow a great culture. How did I do that? We're going to have pizza parties. I'm going to order pizza in for the staff for lunch every Friday, and they're going to love me. It didn't change anything except I was out 50 bucks a week on pizza. Sure, they enjoyed the pizza, but it didn't really do anything for our culture. And I realized just feeding them wasn't enough to say thank you. It, it was a nice gesture, but it wasn't the gesture that they were looking for. So it was 2012. And that's when my leadership journey really started to turn. I discovered why I was leading the way that I was leading. I discovered why it was wrong. And I started to discover what needed to change. I didn't really know what that looked like or how to do it, but I, I'd enlisted the help of, of someone who has really changed me as a leader and, and really me as a person, Chris Licurdo. He's got his own podcast. He's got his own company. Uh, he had come, I'd started listening to him when he was running the Entree Leadership Program for Dave Ramsey. And just when I thought, man, I need this, Chris had gone out on his own and I was one of his first clients and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But I remember one of my first meetings with him, he had had me take a, a disc profile and I said, I'm getting ready to make this big hire. And this was one of my first conversations with him when I'd hired him as a, as a business coach. He asked me to give the disc profile to this new employee I was going to hire. She took it. And in one of our first meetings, he said, boy, you're heading for trouble. I'm like, Chris, what are you talking about? This is going to be a dumpster fire, he said. And I didn't understand why, because this employee I was going to hire, I'd known her for many years. She was a very talented salesperson, a very talented marketing person. And he said, this is going to be a dumpster fire. And he shared the disc profiles with me and shared why he thought that. And he described exactly what was going to happen and about how long it was going to take. And I wrote that off as garbage. I know this person, Chris. You don't. I know better than you. Despite the fact I was paying him a healthy sum of money to coach me, I said, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Turns out several weeks into it, just about the time frame that he said all of this was going to go down, it went down. What is it? Man, it was a dumpster fire. She was a high D personality, about as high D as you can possibly be. So was I. So we worked well together because we could just say three words and, and get stuff done. However, to my staff, she was steamrolling them. And Chris had described in detail 
what the outcome of this hire was going to be. And he was right. There was so much drama. There was so much turmoil. And I started realizing that the, the leader that I was being a high D, looking into the disc profile, dominant, not really taking other people's feelings into account, not really, not, not even close to understanding what the word empathy means. And that's when my leadership journey began. It was about 2012. And as I saw this play out, just as Chris had said, I'd wondered how often my personality had steamrolled people, had shut them down, had made them feel like crap, had treated them like robots. That's when I realized I was an accidental leader. And in talking this out with Chris, I was a guest on his podcast several years ago. And that's really where the term accidental leader came from. He said, you, you had this craft. You're a great marketer. You know what to do when a client gets in front of you. You know how to help them. But God forbid you have a, an employee in front of you. And you have no idea what to do. You don't know how to lead them. You don't know how to be a person. They're a robot. They're a machine. Just someone to get something done. And it was that point that I realized I, I, need, I need to invest in myself. Pizza parties aren't going to cut it. Challenging them like, like the first John, no one really wants that. Some people thrive on it like me, but I'm in the minority with that. So over the course of, of several months, the course of several years, I started investing in me as a leader to understand what does it truly mean to lead people, to not treat them like machines, but to treat them like human beings, like I would want to treat a member of my family because they have family. They are people. So I really needed to get my, my stuff straight with that. Robbie Vetrano, another person, I'd read his articles in Inc. Magazine. This was probably in the mid-2000s. Out of the blue, I'd emailed him and said, hey, I'm going to be in New Orleans in a couple of weeks. I'd, I'd love to buy you coffee and just pick your brain. And he said, yes. Met with Robbie down in New Orleans. And he gave me advice, a lot of advice that I wish I'd listened to sooner. I implore you as an accidental leader, if you reach out to someone and say, help me, give me advice, you should probably take it because I wish I'd listened to Robbie sooner. Robbie was a serial entrepreneur. He had a heart for people. He had a heart for growing them. He had a heart for growing businesses. And I said, Robbie, I have one ad agency with several clients and several employees, and I can't seem to get anything done. How do you own a pizza franchise, an ad agency, and this thing called Idea Village where you're working with other entrepreneurs? How do you find time to do this? And he said, hire good people and let them lead. Treat them well, take care of them, love what you do. And I said, I don't understand what that means. One, because I was a micromanager, I couldn't hire good people and get out of the way and let them lead. I, I hired good people and then told them what to do. And that was a huge mistake. Three to five years later, I actually finally implemented this. I hired good people and I let them lead. And it took me a while to, to get there to actually let my leaders lead without me micromanaging them. Treat them well and take care of them. Robbie said, you need to give them insurance. Pay 100% of their insurance. And at the time, I thought I could never do that. I can't afford that. And then here we are today, and I can't afford not to do that. I can't afford not to take care of my people. It took me three to five years to actually listen to his advice. It took me several years to listen to Chris Licurto's advice too. Here I am taking free advice from, from Robbie, what cost me just a cup of coffee. And it took me tens of thousands of dollars and many years to, to listen to Chris. And I implore you as an accidental leader, 
whether you own a business, whether you're, you're leading people in someone else's business organization, listen to the good advice you get. If you reach out to someone, do it. Find a way to do it. One of the things Chris had also shared with me is, is about the root system. The thought that I actually opened this podcast with. The root system is really understanding why you do what you do and why you communicate the way that you do. That bad John, that, that horrible toxic leader, John, that I had worked for was my root system. He was my root system as a leader. People were objects. People were just a tool to get something done. They get a paycheck. Isn't that enough? How many times have you said that as a leader? Hopefully not recently, but unfortunately, it's something I've said in the past. They get a paycheck. They're here to do this thing. Damn it. Why can't they just do it? That John was my root system for so many years. Think back. Think back to your root system, your, your parents, your grandparents, teachers, other leaders you've had. Think about the way that you're leading today, right this very minute. Think about how you make decisions. Do you run and jump into something brand new without a whole lot of perspective? Or do you lead out of fear? Meaning you probably don't make a lot of decisions. Decision change is fearful for you because you don't have perspective. All that's because of your root system. It's been poured into you from from your past. And that's how you make decisions. When I started treating people like people, I I had to go back into my root system and and find people that I really admired. That was a five-year evolution of truly understanding who I was and, and why I was the way that I was. And I went back and I found another John in my root system, my very first boss. And it hit me that this John couldn't be more different than the other John that I was leading like. This other John, my very first boss at the radio station at WHWK, John Davison, he was a true leader. He had put me on the air knowing that I was probably going to fail miserably, but he gave me that opportunity. And afterwards, he coached me. I can remember sitting in his office every week, listening to tapes of my shows And he wasn't tearing me down. He wasn't belittling me. He wasn't telling me everything I was doing wrong. He was pointing out the things I was doing right and then sharing the ways that I could improve. He would point out things during my show and say, do you see what you did there? After you listening to it, what do you think you would do different? And he allowed me to lead myself under his guidance. He allowed me to fail and he allowed me to learn from it. And I won't say I was a really good DJ after that, but I think I was a better person at my craft of putting on a radio show because John coached me. John was a leader. He would hire people, give them direction, get out of the way, and coach them up, treat them with respect. Once I started embracing that part of my root system, thinking, what would John do? In every situation when I had to, had to coach an employee or, or, or lead someone through a failure or even myself, I would think, what, what would John do? How would he react to this? And boy, have things changed. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but in the last 12 months at, at my company, employee churn has crawled to a halt in a time when so many, so many companies are understaffed right now. We see mistakes as a learning opportunity. Grace is shown. Chances are given. Growth is seen. We give generous insurance. We have generous PTO, educational and growth opportunities. 
I think of that part of my root system, and I think if John were here right now, how how would he be leading this team? What would he do? We treat our employees like friends, not family, because that's toxic. When when you start throwing around the word family, we always make sure that there's time outside of work for fun and life. Gosh, you get one you get one chance at this life, and you want to be on your deathbed wishing you had worked more. I I recall God, this was. Right in the height of the the COVID pandemic in the spring of 2020, we were doing an in-person interview. I don't know why, but this candidate had agreed to it and we didn't end up hiring her, but she said something that was so impactful to me that really changed my life. We had said, what advice would you give to someone? You know, a standard interview question. And this candidate had said, go to the concert. And and myself and, and Frank, who's on my leadership team, looked at her and said, what does that mean? She said, you never know when an artist is going to die. And you say, I'll go to their next concert. And there is no next concert. You never know when something like COVID is going to go up. You would never have imagined that there would be this COVID and there would be zero concerts. When you have the chance to go to the concert, go to the concert. Work will be there tomorrow. So my question to you as we wrap up this first episode of the Accidental Leader podcast is who is your John? What does your root system look like? Take inventory of the people of your past. How do you deal with mistakes? When you make a mistake, how do you deal with yourself? When your team member makes a mistake, how do you deal with that? You come down hard on them? What a stupid idiot you are. How could you make that mistake? Or this is horrible. You pummel them into the ground. Or do you say, hey, you failed. Let's talk about this. What, What led to this failure? How did you make this decision? What would you do next time? How do you celebrate wins? Do you celebrate wins? Boy, this one's a tough one for me. It's a high D. I look at a win and I'm like, good, great, move on, next. How are we going to get our next win? If you're a high D like me, you got to take time. You got to celebrate the wins with your team. What does your culture look like? I know a lot of folks say, well, we don't really have a culture. We, we should build one. I've got a lot of clients that come to me and say that. However, you do have a culture. It's either good or bad. So you need to define what is your culture currently because you do have one. How do your employees feel about coming into work? They're leaving their home for eight hours plus a day, eight hours or more a day to come in. And yes, they're working for a paycheck, but do they appreciate what you do for them? Do they appreciate you? Is there a mutual respect? Do they understand the mission of your organization? And do they want to leave their house for eight hours a day, leave their family and come in and do this thing? For you? How do their kids feel? How do their spouses feel about their job? Are they resentful of you, their leader, of your business, of your organization, because you take so much time away from the family? Do they understand the impact their work has? Or are they merely tools to accomplish tasks? Are they a machine? As we take this journey together as accidental leaders, you got to be vulnerable. If you're going to listen to this podcast and, you're, and this is going to have any impact on you, you've got to be vulnerable. Sometimes you just have to say, I suck as a leader, but that's okay. I can get better. I can grow. You got to think about the questions. You got to be authentic and honest with yourself and allow it to open up a dialogue in your mind about what's not right. On the very next episode, episode two of The Accidental Leader, I'm excited to share that John is going to be my guest. The good John, my former program director at WHWK, John Davison, who I wished I had allowed to pour more into my root system when I was first a leader instead of listening to the other John. I think about how he led me, 
how he treated me when I made a mistake, how he gave me feedback, and what I did to learn from it. Now I reach back in my memory files to think about how he led me and how I can handle mistakes and leadership decisions like, like John Davison did. I'm, I'm so excited to, to interview him and, and share his leadership story with you because he's got a, he has an amazing leadership story about how he grew into the leader he is. And I'm really excited to share his life right now. So visit theaccidentalleader.com. Join our email list. Watch for future episodes. We'll let you know when that episode with John Davison is going to post probably in about two weeks once we get that episode produced. I'm so excited to have you here as we wrap up this very first episode of the Accidental Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Bo McDonald. Join me next time as we interview John Davison and we take this accidental leadership journey together. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com, courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon.